I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Well, welcome back to a brand new episode of Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection podcast that takes a look at the things that we loved when we were younger and asks the ever-important question, is this good? And uh, I don't like to ask this question to the void, so I pose it to other people. And that first person I'm going to pose it to is my co-host, Nick Shermoosness. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey, David. How's it going? Oh, doing well. How are you? Not too bad, though I will say it sounds like I've been upgraded from first mate to co-host. I'm a bit excited about that. Well, you know, it's pending review. Oh, okay. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, Let I, me know who I, whose uh, palms I need to grease. Yeah, well, actually, uh, it's all going to depend on this episode because you, you're the one who brought our guest this week. And uh, if this episode <laughs> is terrible, then you're off the show forever. But it won't be terrible because our guest is great. You have not heard his work but you may have seen his work around. If not, you should check it out, and you'll get to hear more of where you can see it at the end. But that person is Kyle Erickson. Kyle, hello. Hey, it's a pleasure to meet you guys. Well, I've seen you all before, but it's nice to be here and uh, talking about the past. It's nice to be heard. Indeed. Yes, yes. Before we get too far into this, I want to ask real quick, and was anybody ever in a fight in high school? <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, um... <laughs> In high school, I broke up a couple of fights. I don't know if I ever ended up in one. All right, all right, Mister Mister Righteous, there. <laughs> I know. Calm down. What a nerd. Well, the reason I ask is because Kyle has brought to us a film that is right in line with that question, and that film is Three O'Clock High. This 1987 teen film follows a day in the life of high schooler Jerry Mitchell, played by Casey Simozko. When he accidentally, huh? Yeah, close <laughs> enough, right? When he accidentally, accidentally infuriates new kid Buddy Ravel, played by Richard Tyson, a boy rumored to have a violent past. As a result, Buddy challenges the meek Jerry to a fight. Jerry finds himself amidst many shenanigans as he tries to escape the fight, but decides in the end to face Buddy at 3 p.m. Spoilers, but yeah, <laughs> it's all out there. Well. <laughs> It's a very uh, and can I just say real quick plot. though that calling it a team film is is a very loose term given that the two main characters, uh, the actors playing them, were both twenty six years old at the time. Okay, I was going to, I was wondering this uh, uh, while watching it again. Yeah, they did not look like uh, the age group that they were uh, trying to to uh, uh, aim for uh, for certain. Well, you know, high school kids, they, had, they typically have to go to school, which makes shooting a film a little bit difficult. Indeed. But. It's true, but I bet you there's like 19-year-olds that right. they could have well, grabbed. Well, we'll get, to the, we'll get to the nitty and gritty of all that in our discussion. Before we get there, though, you know, this is a show where we look back at the things that we loved. So we're going to go through our personal histories with this topic, and we're going to start, as we always do, with our guest. Kyle, what's your history with 3 O'Clock High? You're the one that brought it to us. Well, you know, I guess, I mean, I, I remember I used to, because, I mean, this came out when I was born. It came out literally the year I was born, eight, 1987. So, I mean, I didn't see it when it first came out, 
but I remember watching it like on, you know, like channel five or what have you, you know, just, and I, I would see the, you know, the edited versions of it. And I, I remember, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I was a bit of a dweeb back then, still kind of am, uh, but I was, I was, I was poked and jabbed at and I felt like, you know, I could put myself in the shoes of Jerry at the time, you know, and I was like, it was just kind of like this this kind of feel good movie of like like maybe the maybe the little guy can stand up and 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 prevail and everything will go right and at the when i was younger i was like i was fascinated with like like these kind of like 80s films where like the the, the little guy always seems to win and i don't know this one is a charming one i i almost forgot about it all the way till now you know oh interesting uh that sounded really <laughs> condescending. Um, I didn't mean for it. Dear. I hope not. Oh no, gosh. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not condescending on the podcast. It really like then. Uh, I, I'm always fascinated to hear people's histories with with movies and stuff that they bring on this show because it's got that personal element to it. Because um, I will say for myself that I had no history with this movie whatsoever. Had never even heard of it until you brought it to us. Uh, so Nick, I'm curious to hear. Did you ever hear of this movie? Have you ever seen it? I felt like this movie got me through all my dark times in high school. Uh, that is to say that I, I literally just watched this movie for the first time <laughs> an hour and a half ago. So, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, so I didn't have any experience with it, which I think, uh, I, so in that case, it really makes me interesting to hear how Kyle's going to frame it, both in terms of how he w- how he felt about it in his past and the, what he's experienced now rewatching it so many years later, because me coming in fresh gives me, I think, maybe a very different impression than what I would have if I was somehow revisiting that nostalgia from before. So, Yeah. Well, 80s movies are definitely interesting ones to talk about because uh, oftentimes when put to modern sensibilities, it can get a little bit funky, but we'll talk about that. Before we do, though, in case you've uh, ever seen this movie or if you're hearing about it for the first time and you want to know how it came to be, we're going to hear a little bit of history on 3 O'Clock High. And Nick, why don't you share that with us? Yeah, no worries. So the movie was based loosely on the high school experiences of Richard Christian Matheson and Thomas Zelosi. Uh, 3 O'Clock High was directed by Phil Jeannot and produced by Steven Spielberg, which is interesting. Uh, the movie was filmed in Ogden, Utah with a budget of $5 million. Uh, the dark tone of the movie was viewed as highly odd for the time, resulting in Spielberg's name being removed from the credits. Uh, the movie was both a critical and financial flop at the time of release, but has gained a more favorable reputation over time. Yeah, I uh, had wow. no idea until later putting show notes together for this that Steven Spielberg was at all involved. <laughs> right? I, I had no idea back then, like, like his finger was being touched on this, you know? And it's it's funny too because now now thinking of it being a financial flop at the time, like uh, I guess I can see it, but I also and there's a point that I can certainly bring up when we really get into the meat of it. But there was something high quality about this film, so it's kind of interesting that it didn't necessarily resonate at a time when I imagine I'm a little foggy on the timelines, but like John Hughes films and all of that yes. were probably very popular. Yes. So yeah, this obviously is. Uh, I guess like a take on a John Hughes kind of movie, right? Like it's trying to uh, invoke that feeling. Um, and there were definitely a couple of times that I, I got it. It felt like very uh, Ferris Bueller. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
all all the wacky shenanigans, the real weird characters uh, at the movie, like the guys following him around trying to make a documentary about the fight. Uh, I mean, I there were there were so many like strange like, I I guess like there was just a lot of build up around the 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 main character and like this kind of like puffing his chest up uh, more and more and trying to see if we can turn this 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 ra- rather frail looking figure into a person who could fight the bully who supposedly had become uh, like had been expelled from like what five schools beforehand and like it was just the stakes ramping up and it was just uh, it was a wild little little exploration of how he could do it yeah and i think Sorry, right, David, go ahead. Oh, no, I no, please do, because I, I'm having such a hard time to figure out where to start the discussion with this movie. So please, right? please it's, keep talking. It's, it's tough because on one hand, from a narrative perspective, you know, a character, you, you want a character to go on a journey over the course of the film and come to new realizations. And in this case, despite everything that he goes through getting to 3 p.m., you know, and, and most of that was to avoid 3 p.m. And the end, he ultimately decides, OK, I'm going to face it, which is also interesting because I felt like there was not necessarily anything during the course of the day that would <laughs> really put him on that path. No. Given how adamant he was to escape it. And it basically was just like a scene where he's like, OK, I'm going to walk away. Oh, OK, I'm not going to walk away. I'm well, going to do this. Yeah. All, all, all that changed his yeah. mind was Buddy being like. The worst part is you wouldn't even face me. It's like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that was it. He, so he he get, acquires some money in the earlier in the movie to to pay someone off to fight him, and uh, the the main character gives the money to the guy, and the guy gets his butt beaten, and uh, gets the money back. And you think, all right, well, we're gonna forget about this little money thing. Eventually, he comes up to the bully and goes, hey. How about I just give you this money and you don't beat me up? After all the buildup, he's been running around the entire school trying to avoid this. He gives him the money. The bully goes, Do you know what, Mitchell? You're the biggest I've ever met in my life. You didn't even try. How's that feel? It ends. It theoretically should end right there. And all of a sudden, he's walking away. He's, he's out by the lockers and he goes... He called me a he called me a wuss. I'm not a wuss. And he turns back and he runs to find the the bully. He goes, "Give me the money back. I want to fight you again." Uh, it was such a weird flip. Like that was the reason was just because he got called out. His yeah, I guess sometimes that's all it takes, right? Um, but it's also like he he had these moments where it felt like the movie didn't 100 percent know what to do with Jerry as a character because you 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 witness him through the first parts of the film where like he oversleeps and then does all these cool kooky 80s <laughs> yeah. you know sliding across the kitchen floor uh, heating his underwear up in the microwave with his pop tart. Okay, hold on. Well, first and, of all, that was his shirt, and yes, I do want to come back to the well, pop tart thing that was, because <laughs> yes. who microwaves a pop tart? But we'll get to it. Also, also that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that work? Can you microwave your shirt to dry it faster? Like, is because his washer is established to be crappy quality, so uh, crappy quality. And so, yeah, yeah, the dryer. Sorry. And so he stuffs his shirt in there. Is that something people have done? I can. I I have never explored that idea that you can just dry your shirt faster. I I don't know if it's true. So the only thing is to put, if he so he put a button down shirt in there and buttons usually have plastic or yeah. button down shirts have plastic buttons which would not be great in a microwave probably. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you know, I loved this movie until you brought up that logic, and now I just can't even think about it. <laughs> the rest of the movie's garbage. I mean, this was like the establishing thing to say, like, this guy is like Ferris Bueller, but yes. wait, he's got something else going on. It, uh, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know what the idea was with that. It, it starts, it, I mean, it starts off so John Hughes, where it's like, he's woken up by his little sister, who's like a little bit annoying, but like, she's like sassy yeah. and like, a little more responsible. She's not a little more. She's definitely more responsible than he is. She's the mature little sister. Yeah, who, 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 she she's definitely the little sister. But is she like the freshman in high school? Because she's there the whole time during the entire the movie. She's just kind of in the cursory view of the main character. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're 26 years old as a senior, <laughs> okay. then okay. you know it's cool if she's like a 21 year old freshman. All right, good. All right, fantastic. Yeah, but then, yeah, then it cuts like him like trying to get ready, and he's like, "Oh well, all my drawers are are empty of stuff, so let me like go to the washer and stuff a shirt in the in the microwave, and I'm gonna brush in my teeth while I'm driving my car." And it was all very much like, "Ah, uh, we all related to that, right?" Oh yeah, no, in that in that yeah, bedroom. He he uh, he runs a red light after the shirt drying, oh, and yes. and they spend at least two minutes of him spinning circles in the middle of a, of like a, of a, of a, a you know, a cross through here and, and nothing happens. He doesn't hit a car. He doesn't. And, and everyone in the car is just like, eh, yeah, yeah. I got to get to school. Yeah. Well, I, I once was driving through West Virginia and, uh, the, like our, our, the car that I was driving, like the brakes were fairly worn down and it was raining torrentially. And, uh, I couldn't like like we were going super fast down a hill and I couldn't break and there was just a mild feeling of like we're all gonna die in this car there was definite panic and yet watching this you know obviously I'm alive made it through it but like I'm, gl- I'm glad yeah watching yeah. this where it's like this guy's like spinning circles in a crosswalk and everyone's just like oh Jerry <laughs> Jerry did it again yeah which <laughs> has anybody ever checked out somebody driving next to them for a solid thirty seconds like that their eye contact was intense <laughs> yes. right. It, and I sure the and the from the from the, like the movie logic was that it really wasn't going on for thirty seconds, right? In theory, but as the viewer, you're still <laughs> yeah. sitting there being like, like you. I was expecting him to get hit. Like that was going to be like the first big incident in the movie. Yeah, uh, and instead he basically causes like a four car pileup. Probably we never get to yeah. see it because the movie never takes any time to slow down. Um, it never takes time so- to slow down, and yet like. There's as much plot as there possibly can be in this movie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, can we talk about um, Jerry's um, love interests for a brief moment? Yes, let's talk about his many and varied love interests throughout this film. I, I, um, I briefly. So we are we are introduced to his best friend, possible love interest. Um, I, I apologize. Uh, the name escapes me, but uh, she Fanny, is Fanny in the in the movie. Uh, yeah, and Anne Ryan. Oh, thank you very much. Cool. Uh, so, so, um, so she's like, uh, she's kind of like the stereotypical goth. She she can speak with a spirit. I think, I think it's like Edmund or something of that nature. Ethan. And, um, and and so so, I, I it's established at the first. I think he's dating her at the beginning, and I'm no. like, okay, oh, let's see. Let's uh, let's see how the Jerry deals with this whole fighting a bully while dealing, uh, you know, with the day to day life with his girlfriend. But it seems like it's actually his best friend. Yes, yes, it is. But and, she is trying to ask him out in like the the first scene there together. 
Yes, a, a few times, in fact. Um, she wants to meld her soul with him, right? Right. Yeah, she's really into this whole bonding. Yeah, later she wants to bond with him. Um, in, and, in the the school store, that apparently, like, two seconds after spoilers, she leaves, they don't bond. Uh, and then his the, the store manager, the teacher or whatever, comes in with a detective. So, like, if they had actually got down to bonding... Yeah, they would have been caught in two seconds. But so I was perplexed a little bit about this. So so she wanted to bond so he could ideally find out how to deal with the bully. I think that was the narrative on it. So she lays a bunch of candles down and she throws a uh, like a sheet over the like the a table in the middle of the the school's uh, store. And so things have ramped up at this point in the middle of the story, and they inevitably kiss. And they they figure out that like this isn't the time for she, it, kissing. I yeah. I don't know what was going the, on. The, what was this? I don't know. The character of Franny seemed like she was going to be so much more important and interesting, and then gets dropped. Like after, especially after that scene, she's basically like not in the movie and like not of any importance. Well, she shows up in the the fight during the fight and then the bully basically grabs her by the face and then throws her down. Yeah. Literally by the face, by the way, like, like, whoop, just throw, <laughs> yeah. th- throw the spoilers. There's a big fight at the end. We're, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get we'll there. Get, I imagine. We'll get there. Yeah. But like, um, she's very obviously interested in him, but that doesn't seem to matter or go anywhere because, <laughs> because we have to look at Stacy, I believe is her name. The, the prep preppy girl, I suppose that, that, that Jerry's generally interested in. Right, like right. so, he wills at her through the whole movie. Yeah, it, it, I mean, literally, the reason why the car crash was going to happen earlier on was because he was staring at her it, because yes. she was in another car up. Op- well, Franny of was in the path. He was looking past Franny at this girl. So, I, I, at that point, at early in the movie, I'm like, okay, there's going to be this tension between Franny and Stacy, and he's going to have to choose, ideally, his best friend Franny. I mean, the the, the normal stare, like the, the, the beats that were there. Mm-hmm. But then we need to talk about the teacher. Yes. Yes. We need to talk what? about I could talk for a very long time about the teacher. Yes, there's some weird things going on here. So so middle of the movie, there is the inevitable fight is going to occur, and Jerry is frantic looking for a way to get out of this fight. He has deduced that if he can go to detention, he won't have to meet the bully outside of school to Flawless fight. Flawless logic. Perfect idea. So he steals a pack of cigarettes while in the middle of his English lit class. And he lights a cigarette and starts to talk about his essay. His teacher, who is dressed, uh, I suppose, like a Victorian era librarian. teacher. Librarian, yes. Um, she is a bit offended by his rudeness. And he starts to walk around the entire classroom talking about his, you know, his report. And... He ends up walking in front of the teacher. He he snuffs out his cigarette in her coffee and then proceeds to kiss her in the middle of his entire classroom. With so many witnesses. So, so many witnesses. And it was established that he's hypoglycemic earlier on. And he has not been eating. He's, in fact, been throwing up uh, because he's panicking about fighting the bully. So he kisses her and he passes out. And he wakes up in the nurse's office and the nurse goes, Hey, you're not going to detention. The teacher said, 
that you only did all that stuff because you were in an episode because no, of your she, hypoglycemia. She didn't even say that. She said that, that the teacher was so impressed with his book report <laughs> it was that it was the best one she'd ever seen and that she wants right. him to contact her later. No, no, You're right. No, yeah, she, she, she gave the nurse to give to this student her home <laughs> phone number with instructions to call her that evening. Which, in defense of the nurse, the nurse didn't understand the situation. Not like the nurse knew that this whole kissing thing happened. No, but ever like there was a a, ro- a classroom full of students who witnessed this teacher ah. and student kiss, and, and like there's so much non fallout in this movie. Like for for oh, action, yes, absolutely. Like, and I mean, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit too. I think, but like. I mean, like a little bit of a teaser of the ending is she uh, after everything was resolved, the fight has done its it, its task. We'll talk a little bit about that. But um, she the teacher comes back and uh, everything is going great. And, the, and Jerry is on, uh, on high and she she comes over dressed a little bit more um, provocative. Provocative. Yes. Um, she bats some eyelashes and and just says, hey, Jerry, uh, you you did good uh, essentially, and and everyone is just like wow he's going he's he's in a romantic you know thing with the teacher and she not walks just away. That he, not that no not that just that he did good. She approaches him next to his I guess now girlfriend. Also while he's what? now being confronted by the preppy girl who's also showing clear yes, interest in him, and then the teacher starts making out with him in front of a oh my god you're full right. of students yes yes yes, yes. that like. So the the really it is the the almost traffic accident is just setting up that like there is no consequence for any action in this movie there is no follow up nobody is paying attention and cares for the insanity because like yeah there like the the that, that teacher would be fired that teacher would be so beyond fired uh it it's insane and also uh to jump to like another thing we discussed that uh that Jerry had paid a kid to go threaten Buddy, this new oh, bully, yes. to to say like, you know, you're not going to fight him. You're going to leave him alone because I'm protecting him and I'm I'm big. And then like anytime anybody touches Buddy, that's when like you know he he starts seeing red and starts hitting people. And he grabs the guy's finger, breaks it, and Ooh, then punches yeah. him so hard like he breaks his nose. And uh, you know he comically falls into a, a stack of books that that then does a domino effect that basically just destroys the whole library. There are witnesses to this event and nothing, but let's talk about that library scene. Oh my God. Thank you. This is so great. So, so uh, early on, Jerry's still trying to figure out what to do. He steals money from his school store that he is like the lead of, and he takes that money and he pays a a particularly strong uh, football player to to fight the bully um who uh, we've established at this point by the way there's a lot of like like hey what is going on like uh like uh the 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 jock is kind of ambivalent towards his blight he's just like i will only do this if you get me this money Mm -hmm. um he's a savvy businessman yeah yeah and so so he gives him the money and i mean like our, our bully is sitting in the library by himself reading the, the equivalent of I might as well just be war and peace. It's yeah. the big book and he's just flipping through the pages. And this is important to know because we find out earlier later on that he's a particularly intelligent gentleman. He's very intelligent. And I, and I want to say if anybody uh, has not watched the movie, but they're wondering what does this guy look like? Imagine Val Kilmer, but like <laughs> yes. a little bit taller, I think. I don't yes. know. Val Kilmer meets Kurt Russell. 
Yeah, yeah that's I a got, very got, good way got, to put it. I got vibes of both of those actors throughout the movie with him. Um, uh, uh, interestingly enough, the last movie that the the bully has done was a movie uh, with Steven Seagal in it, and he was like the villain in it. Um, so I mean, oh, that's you, you kind of kind of get a guy being typecast. You know, there's there's a certain yeah build up there. Um, so anyway, so the bully comes up. Uh, no, sorry, I apologize. The the, the, jock. the jock comes up and says, "Hey, I heard you having problems with Jerry. You're gonna quit it." Or we're going to have problems. And the bully stands up. He goes, hey, you know, didn't I see you in the, you know, I was, I was, uh, I, I went up against you in the football game in the last school I was expelled from. Uh, and you sucked. You know, I was like, ooh. And he's like, well, hey, you know, you're still going to, you're, you're going to leave him alone. And he puts his finger on the guy's chest, the bully's chest. Mistake, mistake. Yeah. And it's been established at this point. Every the rumors of throughout the entire movie up to this point is uh, our, our bully does not like to be touched. Buddy Ravel, if you touch him, he his anger is is unquenchable. Well, and don't worry, the movie's going to emphasize that point anytime anybody touches him. <laughs> like there's going to be a close up yeah. of it, and then there's going to be like a punch in the face. I mean, I think it's the inciting yeah. incident for the whole movie. Yes, I think the only times he has inflicted damage on someone was. After he's been touched, yes, um, yeah, yeah. He j- I guess so. It sounds like everyone in this movie uh, had created their own problems they, versus they, just leaving yes. him alone. Oh, no. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Jerry's blight, by the way, just quick thing, is is his own doing. Uh, he had continually escalated this problem. Even his friends have definitely helped him to get to this point, but Jerry could not find a way to not sink his own boat. Yeah. Um, well, they, like, you know, there's there's issues here. Like, obviously, Buddy could communicate like, hey, I don't like people touching me. You know, you get like one warning. You get one warning. Yeah. Say don't touch me and then I'm going to clock you. But also everybody like it is well established. All the rumors going around school, which, by the way, I did actually really enjoy that rumor scene at the beginning <laughs> yes. when everybody's discussing the various rumors of this new Buddy guy. But like all the rumors are like, don't don't touch him or he's going to yeah. like destroy you. Yeah, he's like he punched a he punched a cop once. He, you know, he 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 beat up a teacher. Thing is, the teacher didn't know the guy was a touch freak. Touch freak? Yeah. He doesn't like to be touched by anybody. He put the teacher in the hospital for three days. All all these rumors at this at early on in the movie established that this guy is not to be trifled with, which is interesting, by the way. Quick side note: the end of the movie, Jerry, he hit the rumors spread around him instead. Yes, I and all those. I love that. Yeah, I, I actually really liked that. Uh, but all around like one day, like he became yeah. this mythical figure in his own school. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh yeah, well, c- carry on, please. Uh, I, and and, and or and also just just to be clear, tying in the 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 jock trying to help him out, the whole money situation that Jerry's the one that steals the money and wrecks the school store. And this it gets so bad to the point that the teacher that runs the store hires a detective in order yes. to investigate. The detective suspects Jerry of the crime, blah, 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 get to the climax. Jerry wins the fight. And then the detective tries to apprehend Jerry there, but a teacher intervenes and says, Leave him alone. He's had a hard day. <laughs> also interesting. Which, and yeah, then that's, that's the next thing. day. Yeah, Jerry you... ends up back running the school store, even though he's still technically under investigation and all signs point to him stealing the money. Yeah. And a uh, quick thing too, 
Buddy comes back at the end after, the next day as well, after the huge fight where he punched a teacher in the face. He punched a one of uh, Jerry's friends. He almost broke Jerry's jaw. He smashed the uh, Franny's face into a car. Just kind of like, no, no, he just grabbed her and like threw her into a crowd. So, yeah. So he he comes back to school the next day too. No no repercussions. Also we, also remember wrecked the library after breaking someone's finger and punching them in the face. Yes yes no 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 like that's what I'm saying. There's there is zero consequence for any action in this movie. Uh, it's like even amazing when when a teacher because like because they can't find Buddy after the fight. You know he disappears. He knows to make him. Yeah, but there is like right. there is like a seven. You know if you were just not seen for seven hours after you commit a crime, like you're fine. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I, one thing I thought was really interesting about this movie is that pretty much all of the adults are still far more famous than all of the, the younger like stars. Cause, uh, yeah. the, the teacher that we, or the guy who was running the school store was Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. I saw him and I was like, is that Jeff? Is that Jeff? Is that yeah. Jeffrey Tambor? What the hell is he? Old Jeff. What is he, do- yeah. what is he doing here? The security guard is uh, Mitch Pelegi, who was on, uh, had a tenure on X Files. Uh, mm. You know, made his, made, oh, made quite a yes. He was like the, the head that, like, of, of the <laughs> X Files division, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yes. And also, uh, Philip Baker, the detective is Philip Baker Hall, who is like a guy you've seen in, in, Everything. Was he the detective on Law and Order? Is that him, or I'm confusing him with someone? I else? I think you're confusing him with someone else. But he's—I okay. mean, he's been in uh, like he was in Magnolia, Boogie Nights, Rush Hour. Like you, can oh just, yeah, you just go oh, through yeah. this guy's IMDb and you can pick out a. I'm dozen I'm going through it, and I think I've seen Detective at least twelve times here. Yeah, Captain, <laughs> uh, seven times. He he has okay. a role. Yep, he also, is typecast. I don't know if anyone, I don't remember seeing this character interact, so I don't even know if they were important to the film, but Paul Feige, known as the director of such hit movies as, I don't remember any of them. I think he did the, the all-female Ghostbuster movie. Um, he also did something else. Anyway, someone can correct me. Anyway, he was a school hall monitor in the film. I can't remember any of Paul Feige's movies. Yeah, no, you were right. Ghostbusters was one of them. I know he did Ghostbusters, but I know he's known for more than that. Yeah, yeah, but it's just so funny like to me. It's a great film. Anyway, go on. It's, it's just funny to me that because usually it's like, ah, oh, we watch those movies now, uh, like the John Hughes films, and you see, like, look at how young these actors were that not all yeah. of them, you know, a number of them we would all know only for these roles. Um, but for some of them, it's like, oh, look at how young that, that actor is. And for this one, it's like, oh, man, look at Jeffrey Tambor with hair. <laughs> yeah, and a beautiful mustache that was oh, slapped beautiful. on there beautiful mustache he um, he also had some really great lines uh something <laughs> like as far as i am concerned whoever did this is a criminal whoever did this should be plucked out of our school like a burgeoning cancerous growth deep inside the colon yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so intense and, and can i talk about um the kind of trope uh that we we constantly see in the 80s movies about your permanent record yes. i mean this went into the 90s but um that whole thing of like hey your your actions are going to get go on your permanent record, and they pull out the Manila folder that is just like your status. While in like I guess the idea is up till now from 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 elementary school to now, yeah. and well, I mean like he's sitting he's sitting there in front of his dean, and his dean is like, well, let's check out his his, his permanent record. There's nothing in here. What? I don't I don't know. I was I remember 
it, my younger self being so much more intimidated by the idea of a permanent record ruining my life. Absolutely terrified of it. Terrified. And though, yeah. to be fair, there's probably, I mean, you know, in the movie, let's just understand that he both stole money from the school, destroyed yep. property, um, got into physical altercations, lied to the police. Um, oh, by, the way, by the way, can I interject real quick? He only stole $450 because earlier on in the movie, it was established that if you steal more than $500, it's grand larceny. So he stole well, 450 no. to stay in the clear. No, no, no. It's four, I think there was only $450 is, in yeah, the till no, it's anyway, because, right? It's because Jeffrey Tambor keeps going like, there's a grand larceny. And then that's when he's like, isn't grand larceny, I think, over $500? And they just like move on and don't mention it. Yeah. I thought that was a really well, funny line. It, it was great because uh, his his little sister mentioned it in the, early on while he's microwaving his shirt. Generally, I think she mentions the, the grand larceny is 500 bucks. So it's a great little story beat of like, hey, <laughs> he's going to be stealing money. Also, yeah, the till had like, the till supposedly had like $700 in it because also, yeah, uh, earlier on in the movie, uh, he's at the school store and uh, we, we had our uh, Jeffrey Tambor go, hey, that's a lot of money in the till. You should, uh, you know, bring that over to the, you know, the safe so we don't lose that money. It's, it's so, yeah, but why weren't they putting that stuff in a safe every night. <laughs> exactly. I think they were surprised that they got to $700. Because, I mean, if you sell enough sheets of paper, I don't think you would imagine to get to $700, even if it was the 80s. What this movie makes me feel like is that everything that we probably take for granted now was a result of this movie in the 80s in general. It's like every lesson we've ever learned started in 1987. Yeah. <laughs> well, so to go back to the idea of a permanent record, I think like what what Nick was mentioning when you were like, well, there's, you know, got in a fight, uh, stole all this. That's called a rap sheet. Like that's your permanent record. Yeah. Right. Like what he did, like Jerry's mistakes were very bad even if it was one day it doesn't excuse you can have one bad day as we as we see in in many uh narrative elements here but uh uh the you he he stole he he tried to hire a hitman essentially he he walked around with a blade which he could have just explained that better he, he oh yeah he the was, knife the knife which his his friend who is the leader of the Oh, we haven't established why. Okay. The bully wants to fight him because of this reason. Uh, he Jerry is part of the school newspaper. And the school newspaper hears about the bully entering the school. And they want to do a piece on him. So he Jerry gets the job to go try and find out something about him. Say, like, hey, welcome to the school. You're, you're welcome. Let's do a piece on you. And... It's already kind of shown that uh, Jerry is very nervous about doing this, but he meets him in the bathroom, and both of them are are relieving themselves. Mid mid relieving himself, he turns to the bully and says, "Hey, I want to talk. I want to write an article about you. I want to write a stupid article about you." And and the bully gets angry and goes, "Why are you going to write something stupid about me?" And it just escalates more and more. The Jerry goes, hey, I'm sorry, I'm I'm in the wrong, puts his hand on the bully's shoulder. As established, we know now, does not want to be touched. And that's the reason why he, it gets in, it, he gets in this whole thing, because he decided to talk to the kid while they were both in, in, in mid-use of the bathroom. Yeah, has anybody ever been at a urinal with, like, without, like, a really good buddy of yours that you were willing to talk to? Like, 
you know, sometimes you go to concerts and there'll be like a drunk guy who will try to talk to you while you're at the urinal. And so I was like, okay, but I'm just like just trying to be I, here. I, yeah, no, I, I distinctly remember in elementary school, so not high school, but I distinctly remember a guy approaching me or approaching the urinal and, and talking to me, basically saying like, hey, why do you only talk to insert friend's name? Uh, and <laughs> I basically looked at confrontation. him and was like... And said, and basically, I was just like nothing. I didn't say anything, and I finished and walked away, uh, <laughs> which, which is, is like the appropriate, <laughs> the appropriate yeah, response to the urinal. thing to do. Yes, and and really with with Jerry, what I think kind of coalesces or sums up his character is he's just like a plot monster. That whatever the movie needs him to do, he goes and does it. Like in the beginning of the movie, he's this highly irresponsible, um, doing really stupid stuff, like not being able to drive, throwing a shirt in the microwave, blah blah blah. Yep. And then other times where it's like, no, oh, but he's also apparently the only student responsible for the school store. You never see anyone else working it. Yeah. Um, he's apparently uh, a nerd, but, uh, and, and maybe a little bit nervous about interacting in certain situations, but then somehow finds the willpower to put on this whole charade in his English class in order to get out of the fight and going so far as kissing his teacher. Like someone doesn't just escalate from zero to a hundred like that in a single day, probably regardless of the circumstances that are going on. Absolutely. Well, it does if you're going to get in a fight. I mean, come on, man. Fights are scary. Um, I mean, I, mean, I, I, uh, I got, I got, I got fights, but like, wow. I never got there, you know? <laughs> he, he also had the worst best friend in history. Like that. A hundred percent. Best this guy friend is was, terrible. Yeah. He, he, he plants. Well, he's the one who's like, you go write the story on Buddy. Then he's the one that plants the switchblade into Buddy's locker because he memorizes Buddy's locker combination because he sees him yeah. going in there. So he goes and puts that and like writes a note to turn him in and signs it from Jerry. Yeah, he, not, yeah not, not anonymous. He yeah. throws his, his best friend under the bus. Yeah. But it's like, hey, you can thank me later. Yeah, you know. And, and, and Jerry's like, what the hell? And then he's just like, you're ungrateful. Yeah, and, <laughs> you're and, ungrateful. But I guess I'll go and try and reopen the locker to get the knife back. Yeah, which he can't do. Ugh. And he's the one that uh, that tells uh, that that like tells Jerry like go hire a hitman basically, like this. It's really all the friends' fault. I mean, yeah, like Jerry is insane and obviously should be institutionalized. But like this friend. <laughs> Is just terrible. Um, I, I, I like to also talk a little bit about the car. Oh yeah. Um, so, so the knife was planted, and they panic because they can't get the knife. His best friend says, "Don't worry, I'll get the letter. So at least the the teacher won't read the letter and inspect, the, you know, the bully's locker." Um, so he goes. They can't get the, the knife. They go to the. He goes back to his car. And he's like, I'm going to drive away. I'm just going to go. I don't know where he was going to go. Home, I guess. He was already told that if he goes home, he's dead. But desperation, right? So he goes in. He sees the knife dug straight into the center of his of his wheel, uh, you know, driving wheel. And there's a letter in there. And it just reiterates 3 o'clock. That's it. Yep. You know, it's like. I'm coming for so, you. So, yeah, I'm coming for you. Exactly. So he opens his. He tries to. He's like, okay, knife cool i'm gonna still start my car i'm still leaving it doesn't turn over so what he does is he goes to the front of his car and it's like what happened to my car he opens it up and there's just a row of cables over the head of his engine just cut yep and he's like wow uh, that stinks first of all the cables on that car will not 
he could still turn his car over from the cables he cut there. There's no cables in the front of that car in that position that would not allow him to turn his car over. Well, but yeah. it tells it tells a narrative. Right, exactly. It tells, it tells the story of like anybody who doesn't know cars like myself would just look at, oh, the engine's a little messed up. Well, it's probably not going to run. Like that's, that's I mean, his, how my brain works. His windshield wipers will not work, um, which is great, you know. Uh, but so so yeah so but then he's like all right instead of like just throwing the knife in like a glove compartment or because this is this isn't even his knife this is his best friend's knife he could just throw it also, underneath this. also oh, yeah. why was his friend who before that day had no reason to carry a switchblade yes carrying a switchblade oh my god i hadn't even thought about that yeah what was he doing with a fu- uh, a, a blade it's a it's a great question we'll find out in in four o'clock high the sequel <laughs> also be a um, musical how about the anarchist? Uh, briefly talk about the anarchist. Which ones? Who is the anarchist? I mean, it got hard to keep track of all of the stereotypes as they were flying yes. by. Yes, Every, everyone had a beat. So there was a gentleman with a trench coat and a red beret. Oh, this is like the, a... the one who was like, in the accounting class, they're giving your fight odds. Yes, yes. And, and he's like, I, I hope you survive for three minutes because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make bank on you. I'm going to make a, a ton of money. And... So, like, this guy sets a tone for a lot of things, very important things. So, he wants the fight to last for three minutes, and he'll make it a lot of money. Uh, at least we know more than $30, because later right, on he, he spends comes, $30, yeah. He gives him $30 to say, thank you, I, I'm rich now. <laughs> um, so, at the beginning of the fight, when the, the inevitable fight occurs, a teacher comes in to say, there will be no fight today, puts his hand on the bully's shoulder. Bully has established... You touch me, I'm punching you. He punches the, the the old teacher in the face, knocks him unconscious, falls to the ground. He's unconscious for at least over, we can at least establish at least a minute, maybe two minutes, if not the, not, definitely not I, the I three think he, minutes. He, he comes back he comes at back. the end of the fight and he yeah. says that he had the fight for about four minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, well... Well, and the, the, the teacher's not the whole time because near the end of the fight, he wakes up and he tells Jerry, <laughs> like, you better not screw this up. Yes, oh, yes, yeah, he yeah. does. He does. You don't screw this up, Jerry. But if you're unconscious from, from head trauma for more than 60 seconds, there is some very concerning things here. I know I'm thinking, overthinking an 80s right. yeah, it's a, fight yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, TV TV shows and movies is always like you were out cold for thirty minutes, and it's like, well, all right, uh, they're probably in a coma now. Yeah, he, when Jerry passes out from uh, in in the classroom and he yes. wakes from the nurse's office, like he passed out and hit the floor in a classroom, and he didn't get taken to a hospital. He got brought to the nurse's office, and and if if his intention was to go to detention, like detention, and it didn't work, you passed out from hypoglycemia. Your day is over. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. Oh, no. That's like there. And then, well, the reason he doesn't want to go home is because he has a book report and he has a quiz. And <laughs> it is so much about. Right. Which, <laughs> yes. yeah. It's like, how is that at all worth it, man? Just like, it, there, yeah. Fail like, a quiz. It's a quiz. It, um, it's definitely a movie that, like you were saying, like there was this emphasis on the on the permanent record and all of that. Like from the perspective of these 26 year old high school students, <laughs> yes. like, Everything that's happening in this movie that maybe us now as adults looking back are just like, well, we turned out okay despite, you know, fighting the bully in school or whatever. Not, but anyway, you know, but for like him, it was like this was the end of the world if he didn't solve this yes. problem. Yes, and, and well, that, and that's the thing, right? I mean, I guess we can all, I mean, if you've had a fight in high school, 
I think you can remember how much it felt like the world is going to end. I don't know. I I I I I had a few uh, um, skirmishes. I suppose. I don't know. I squabble. I don't Maybe know. Scraper. I, I, I don't know. I got picked on a, a few times, but that's not. I, I I just remember that that horrific feeling of the fight is happening after school, and it's going to happen. Whether I, I don't I don't have a say in it. And yeah, I can feel what Jerry felt, which was, I need to do whatever is possible to make this fight not happen. Well, yeah. If it, and Kyle, just to be clear, how much money did you steal from the school store? <laughs> right. I mean. I mean, not, not 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 near not grand larceny amount is all I'm saying. <laughs> if somebody if somebody the the size and shape of Buddy Ravel threatened me to a fight right now, like yeah, I would be terrified. Like that would be all that my entire world would be concerned around that. Like that was an he was an intimidatingly large dude. Right, yeah, but we but... would also be like, okay, well, uh, step one, we're gonna get a restraining order. Yeah, well, we'd be yeah. At this point in our lives, we know the the things that we need to do. Also, we're gonna stop hanging out at a high school because that just yeah. leads problems. Um, by the way, I, I know we, we we briefly talked about the 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 jock who tried to defend uh, Jerry, but but at, witnesses saw the bully break the guy's finger and yes. throw him into a bookshelf. How come the bully wasn't just I, like ex, like thrown out then? I'm telling you, like. It, it, as long as, like, and again, I can't even see, as long as the police don't directly witness the crime in this world, like, there's no fear of consequences. Like, he doesn't, he, like, he should have detention. He should be there, getting in trouble. Okay. And there was never, like, clearly the whole school knew this fight was happening the majority yeah. of the day. Oh, yeah. It was being talked enough that it was impossible that there wasn't at least one faculty member that found out. And assuming that you're a responsible faculty member, which the school might not necessarily have, um, that would get reported. Like, these, there would have been an intervention before it ever got to 3 o'clock. Yeah. I, I, I was also a little confused, too, on, on the, the, in, the, the knowledge the bully had. So... We were established early on from the library that he is a learned man. Oh yeah, and and yeah, yeah, and, and uh, later on, and about like midway, a little bit near the end of the movie, um, Jerry is in the same math class as the bully, and he's trying his best to extend the olive leaf of of peace, and he he keeps showing his answers to the bully, and like, hey, here's the answer to the quiz. And the bully looks like he's looking at the quiz. He's like, he's kind of like, hey, yeah, okay. I, thank, thank you for showing me the answers. They both get busted. And I'm, I'm curious because what happens here is they both get brought to the, the dean's office, which I, I, I don't, I, 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 that's a different thing. That's a college thing. Um, so so the, the, the teacher seems to understand what's going on. He's, he goes, Oh, I get it. The bully wanted the answers from you, Jerry, the smart one. Uh, okay, who who was cheating on who? And Jerry, trying his best to de-escalate, goes, "It was me. I was cheating on the bully's test to to figure out the answers. I don't know what happened. I got in a panic." And the teacher can read read this. He's like, "Okay, I don't necessarily believe you, but I will. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do a test." I'm going to write these two questions on the board here. And if the bully can answer them, then I'll believe the bully was the one who you were cheating on. 
why did what was the point of this oh, yeah. scene? No, that that that, that I, I had a hard time following the logic in that at all. Like you, you had them <laughs> dead to rights sharing answers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because you had you had you had them dead to rights both involved in this scheme. But like once it's established, like, oh, you were actually cheating off of him? Yeah, well, that's fine, I guess. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, 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 most of this movie has been showing that the bully is is rather indifferent to Cherry. He's just going to beat him up, and he's just going to move forward. But this is very spiteful of the bully. The bully, did he plan to make it look like they were cheating on the test no. so that they would go to the teacher and do this thing so he could he could get, put a little knife in and Jerry. To make him look like a buffoon? No. Was this all intended? No. Buddy Buddy is the most interesting character in the movie, I think. He <laughs> yeah. uh, was also the, the least explored. But I, the most he wanted was just to be left alone. You know, he like mm-hmm. obviously had a temper that you know backfired on him several times. Well, yep. I can't even say backfired on him because, I, again, never got into any trouble. But he just established often. He's like, I don't want anybody knowing anything about me. I don't want to be the center of attention. I just want to... Like, read my yeah. book. I just want to, you know, I'm just trying to exist. Like, please leave me alone. And, <laughs> and, also, and also, like, they established during the rumors scene at the beginning that he, like, had been bounced from school to school to school. As far as going to, like, a correctional type school facility or whatever. School, and then yeah. they, apparently he also flunked out or whatever, got kicked out of that. So the answer to that was, okay, we're going to put him back in, quote unquote, normal high school. Which was, like, definitely the fanciest high school since it had... Like right. two two deans and had like uh, a security officer watching your parking lot. I did not have that at my high school. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you guys did, but I this the security this guard with a go kart to drive. Yes, around. yes. Who he drives that go kart into another car? <laughs> doesn't does definitely didn't report that. No. Um, well, why would I like uh, how excited he was during the fight when they when the when him and the the oh, the yeah, dean he's like, like, and, he's like yeah I'm, I'm so excited for this and he just gets decked the, he just gets one thing. good punch in the nose and drops yeah it's <laughs> oh, man. it's pretty ridiculous which I think brings us now to uh, our question we've discussed this movie it's obviously a little bit insane it's a little ridiculous but is this a movie that just should remain in the hall of memory or is it worth visiting today let's just wrap up our thoughts and say if we think this still holds up kyle what do you think well i i wanted to mention this very briefly was a movie did come out that is essentially this entire plot re-envisioned it's called fist fight yes and it came out in 2017 and it's what happens if the if a, a weakling teacher was introduced to a very intimidating teacher and they had to fight at the end of, of uh, end of school. So yeah, it was, it was in fact re-envisioned. It was worth visiting again today. Um, I, I, I think, I think a plot like this is, is interesting to see. And I think, I think we have proof that it was worth the exploration again. Hmm. Interesting. Nick, what do you think? So, it's, it's such a complicated question because on one hand, it seems to invite a binary response. But in reality, like, is this movie good? Based on the way that we're talking about it, I would say no um, for various reasons. Now, it's a very entertaining movie. It's not a very realistic no. um, se- sequence of events, um, though I guess life is also random and chaotic. Um, but also, 
can I just say that this movie is freaking beautiful? Uh, case in point, case in point, there's the scene when uh, Jerry confronts Buddy in the gym. Um, I think when when uh, he wants to try and pay him off so that they won't get yes. into a fight. And then when Buddy walks away, you have a wide shot scene of, of Buddy walking away, Jerry standing there, and there's lights coming in from the, the, the window yes. on high. Yes. And with that, that shot, I like stopped for a second. I was like, wow, that's, that's actually really good. And uh, I'm not going to recall all the different scenes that kind of made me stop and appreciate them over the course of the movie, but there was more than one. So whoever was responsible for the cinematography – I think did a very excellent job and quality wise. I don't know if there's maybe the, the, the quality was improved or something between 1987 and now for the, the stream that I was watching it on, but the movie still looked, still looks really, really good. Um, so in terms of, you know, I think today, even though we might say that certain things still that are very, you know, things like the say the John Hughes films are very 80s. There's still a lot of reverence and appreciation of them for today. Would I show this to say high schoolers today and say emulate this experience? <laughs> Heck no. Um, so in that case, I wouldn't recommend it. But just as a piece of filmmaking, um, it actually was very interesting. Um, so I guess in this case, yes, it is worth revisiting simply for that <laughs> apparently that gymnasium scene alone. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, thought watching an 80s teen movie, okay, this is going, you know, we're going to have some stuff that's going to be kind of funny, but like, it's, you know, it's not one I've never heard of before. So like, you know, part of me was kind of like, how good could it really be? Plus, 80s movies are uh, not something that when we apply today's standards to them, something that necessarily holds up, you know, but this movie, I think actually avoids a lot of that. There's not uh, there's not really any stuff today that you would look back and be like, oh, well, today we would consider that sexual harassment or, uh, you know, really weird, creepy stuff. Um, aside from, like, the, the, the teacher stuff, that's more weird than I, I would... I, I, will, I will mention two things of homophobia I did notice there, in there. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the, the bathroom scene, the, te- uh, the bully comments jerry uh as being particularly you know uh it, it was like a little comment there and then also uh, uh the jock um the the uh jerry asks him to come to you know talk to him privately and the jock goes it, what are you blah blah you know i got a, a, a little homophobic uh, comment yeah, there yes there but were, i think that yeah it's a certain high school things you, you you come to see in those types of narratives yes no there, there were those I, I definitely noticed the two um moments of that but compared to most stuff from the 80s that was pretty <laughs> mild and also like compared to stuff that uh i know like how high schoolers even will sometimes speak well i mm-hmm. you know I'm, i haven't been in high school in a while but even when i was in high school like 10 years ago like not unusual to hear that kind of like people no, use those right. kind of words so great but i did not yeah, knowing it but a like, lot of teenagers were like exploring that type of language yes and sort of finding mm-hmm. their limitations absolutely yeah, but i'm saying absolutely. Com- compared to some other 80s movies really not as like rampant as 100 percent yeah so, uh, i i laughed at several times in this movie um i think the plot is a little bit thin uh <laughs> you know it, it it's it's an hour and 29 minutes and basically if it was any longer, you know, I probably would have been checking my watch. Uh, yes, indeed. But overall, you know, this was a this was a, an entertaining movie. Like Nick said, there was some really like it was very competently shot, very competently made overall. It's ridiculous, uh, and obviously we had fun kind of tearing into it. But that's because 
I don't know, because we we had fun with it, because there was fun stuff to kind of break down. I would say, yeah, uh, again, it is something that surprisingly holds up, and uh, watch this movie with some friends and just have fun with it. Like, that, oh, that's wonderful. my recommendation. I, mean, I, I am I am absolutely uh, uh, pleasantly surprised that you two have, have said well of it. I was... I was worried that maybe my my memories were were hazy and that the it would not make the halls of memory. Which which is <laughs> funny, Kyle, because when you were telling me about the movie, I had a much much darker interpretation of it in my head. Just the way that you were describing it was was like he's he wants to kill him and he's like spending the whole <laughs> day trying to figure it out. I'm like, yeah, that seems kind of justified. And not to say that you know the fact that he wasn't technically going to get killed and just beat up is any no, power yeah but it, i just i thought this was i didn't think that this was like a cheaties cheesy cheaties cheesy john hughes-esque type film i thought it was something a bit more serious um so it i had, guess i yeah. would be surprised. Yeah. you know and, and it had a, a slightly darker tone to it but like i remember when i was briefly talking to you about this before you know, maybe last week we were talking about this just to get an opening. I hadn't seen the movie yet. It was just my my memories of it. But I saw it a little bit later. And yeah, so it was it was a little it was certainly less darker. I mean, certainly when I was uh, a younger watching this, I, I must have been in, in the same shoes as Jerry was. I must have definitely put that fear uh, <laughs> that that Jerry was experiencing at the same time that I, you know, I was going through. Yeah. Well, listener, we want to know what you thought about the movie. Are we way off, or do you also have a love for it as well? Have you ever seen it before? We'd definitely love to hear from you. Please head on over to hitmeonemoretime.com. You will find links to our Facebook and uh, our Twitter. You can email us from there. We want to hear what you think. And uh, that's about going to do it for us today as we're heading out the door. Kyle, where can people find you should you wish to be found? Well, I, I do keep a lower profile, but you can see me on Twitter. Uh, Eversor0986 is my Twitter account, and I post a lot of art there. And if you're ever interested in some illustrations, I do dabble in cute art. Excellent. You guys should check it out. It's pretty great. Nick, do you have anything you want people to be turning their eyeballs to? Uh, if people want to, they can find me on Twitter at, at Nick Shermooksness. I will at some point actually tweet again. <laughs> Excellent. Make sure to check that out. And everybody, you can find me under the username Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter and Instagram, you'll find out what I am up to from there. That's going to do it for us today. I want to say a quick thank you to Kyle for being on the show. Pleasure. And uh, Nick, thanks as always for being here. And David, thanks for hosting us. Oh, thank you. And uh, you're welcome. And thank you, audience, for <laughs> listening. That's going to do it for us today here on Hit Me One More Time. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!